I'm Sean McCormick, and this is Optimal Performance. You know, that's why a lot of the great mystics and philosophers and teachers, they really emphasized health and wellness and even fitness because your soul and your, your mind can only be as healthy as the body that it's living in. So that's where anti-aging, biohacking, longevity, and spirituality all merge together is a lot of it is related to your relationship with time, where when you're living in vertical time, which is just the eternal now, what happens is the cells of your body go into more of a parasympathetic state. Ooh, that's a tasty way to start the episode, isn't it? Ladies and gentlemen, that is Greg Schmaus, and Greg is the founder and CEO of 4D Healing. He's a holistic health practitioner and creator of Healing the Mind. He's also studied extensively under Paul Check. In this episode, we talk about pain as a teacher. We talk about how your health directly impacts your spiritual connection. We talk about how to psychologically deal with an injury. We also talk about how Uh, You can find meaning through dealing with struggles in your life. It's all about how you see it. You know, some people go through major trauma and it screws them up forever. And some people go through major trauma and it makes them resilient on a path to mastery. Uh, In this podcast, we also talk about uh, performance, biohacking, longevity, health, and how that connects to spiritual growth. I think that you can agree with me that the last couple of years have been hard for everyone in various ways. And We all have an opportunity to grow a little bit, to learn a little bit, and uh, decide what comes next for us in our lives. I think episodes like this are really important because when we think about optimal performance, sometimes that means sitting still. Sometimes that means focusing on recovery, slowing down, and Greg is just the guy to cover this stuff. In this episode, we talk a little bit about the seasonality of the day, the seasonality of life and how time is circular. It all comes through cycles. And as we think about how we want to live our life and our day through experiencing seasons, uh, pretty insightful stuff. It's, It's these archetypes, these ideas that are always true all the time, ever present, uh, can help us be our best. You can find more information about Greg at healing4d.com. That's the number four, healing4d.com. And he's also extended a special offer to all the listeners. If you want to check out his Healing the Mind program, use the code podcast20 for 20% off. You know, we need new ideas and old ideas in order to be uh, performing at our highest level and, uh, and navigating these choppy waters. And it's my distinct pleasure, my honor to be able to provide to you some ideas, some resources and thought frameworks that will help you be your best person. I want you to be your best person. If we all make a little bit of improvement every day, man, this world's going to be a better place. I'm excited to bring this to you. As always, find me, seanmccormick.com, S-E-A-N, McCormick with an I.com and real Sean McCormick on Instagram. Uh, As always, I'm open to connect. If you want to ask a question about biohacking or spirituality or longevity or what I'm supplements I'm taking or what I'm working on, reach out. I'm super accessible. Love to hear from you. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Greg Schmaus. Welcome everyone to the Optimal Performance Podcast. My name is Sean McCormick. I'm a life coach, performance coach, wellness entrepreneur, and it's my pleasure to bring to you every single week the world's leaders in the field of performance so that you can live your life at its most optimal level. 
Plus, cutting edge ideas so that you can stay ahead of the curve in an ever-changing world. Let's dig right in. And I'm here with Greg Schmaus. He's the creator of Healing the Mind, A Journey to Wholeness. Greg, welcome to the Optimal Performance Podcast. I'm excited to be here, man. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. I would love for you to just wax poetic on the, the connection between fitness and spirituality. Hmm. That's a good one to start. You know, the body is an antenna system, right? So our spiritual connection is based on the quality and clarity of the antenna system. So for me, you know, the healthier the body is, the higher frequencies you can tap into. It's kind of like, you know, when the body gets unhealthy, it's kind of like listening to a radio with like bad reception. So the healthier and more fit the body is the clearer the channel for you to receive connection and information and energy from higher source. So, you know, that's why a lot of the great mystics and philosophers and teachers, they really emphasize health and wellness and even fitness because, you know, your soul and your, your mind can only be as healthy as the body that it's living in. So I know for myself, for example, you know, I do a lot of energetic healing work. And if my body doesn't feel healthy, whether it's I'm bloated or I feel inflamed or I'm fatigued, my ability to be an instrument or a channel for energy to move through me is um, greatly inhibited. So for me, keeping my body healthy and fit allows me to keep my vessel clean, which then allows me to be a clear channel for energy and spirit to move through. So that's the, that's the first thing. Also, you know, I started out as an athlete, you know, my, my journey for the first half of my life was all in athletics. I was a soccer player, a ski racer, and then I committed to golf full time and I was my, my initial dream was to play on the PGA tour. So I was, I was very much into golf and training and I was division one athlete. And, you know, that was the gateway into my spiritual growth because that's also where I met my shadow. It's also where I saw how I was using, for example, muscle mass as a form of armoring. And I was using my, you know, fit masculine nature as a way of disconnecting from my vulnerable feminine side. So injuries and, you know, physical pain, emotional pain, you know, gut issues, all of the kind of what Paul Check calls the pain teacher that arrives very often in the fitness world is an opportunity for you to you know, reconnect with your soul mm -hmm. and realize that the only reason you have a body is to give your soul a vehicle to learn and grow in this lifetime. So keeping the body healthy buys you longevity, which allows you to fulfill your soul contracts. And a lot of my journey was about really reconnecting with my own feminine side. And I took, I took a good five to six years off from training and when I was going through my kind of deepest healing, I lost probably 35 pounds of muscle mass. 
And I had people asking me like, are you sick? Do you have cancer? Did you become a vegan? And initially that was really hard for me, but I stuck with it. And I knew that there was something on the other side for me. And what it was, was really rebalancing my masculine feminine nature. And now I can return back to training and lifting weights, but with right intention. And I can be in a healthy relationship with it, knowing that weight training is something now that um, fuels my life and brings color and, you know, and stimulation to my and joy to my day. It's not something that I use as a vehicle of just approval and external validation and a form of, you know, uh, an interesting hiding spot. I want to dive into that a little bit. And I'm so glad we started here because I think the listeners of this podcast, the people who have been listening for years and years and don't miss a single episode are very driven people. You know, they invest in time in themselves. They invest in products and services that will optimize their performance. There is nothing quite as humbling or as challenging as the CrossFit person who sustains a back injury and can't lift anymore you do have to face your shadow a bit. You have to, you have to think about, well, who am I really? If I'm not running, if I'm not competing in CrossFit, if I'm not, you know, supercharging myself and doing, you know, crazy workouts and endeavors on the weekends, then, then who am I really? Maybe walk us through a little bit about what people can do when they're faced with that fulcrum point. A couple things came to mind. Number one, if you look at this from kind of like a higher vantage point. We all know that we have four seasons over the course of an annual cycle, right? We have spring, we have summer, we have fall, we have winter. But what people don't realize is the cyclical nature of time is the only thing that's real. Linear time's an illusion, right? There's a book, The Fourth Turning, that shows that a lot of man's illness started when our perception of time indigenously went from cyclical to linear because everything became progress oriented, right? Linear, when you see something as linear, you're always looking at kind of like the upward trajectory, but you lose sight of the circular or cyclical nature of time. You know, the, everything in nature is cyclical. Nothing in nature is linear. Right. So if you take a look at these four seasons archetypally, they exist within everything. For example, spring is the morning time when we awaken. We awaken, we cleanse, our body temperature starts to warm up. It's our time of kind of awakening and blossoming. Summer is the time of taking action. Right. Summer is the time where we're heated, we're kind of on the move, we're on the go, we're getting things done, we're, you know, we're kind of living our sense of purpose and mission. That's our kind of our inner fire. That's summer. Fall would be kind of like the evening where we retire from the day and we unwind, we reground ourselves and we cool off to prepare ourselves for a winter's rest. Right. So with our linear perception of time and everything being so progress oriented, we have a culture that's addicted to summer, mm -hmm. right? We have a culture that's stuck in summer. 
And remember, summer is the fire element where winter is the water element. Fall is the earth element, spring is the air element. So we're all fire and no water. What does that lead to? It leads to burnout. It leads to adrenal exhaustion. And it leads to chronic inflammation, right? Because too much fire is inflammation. Inflammation is heat, redness, and the swelling or the bloating or whatever that might be is the water trying to put out the fire, right? So we have a culture that's addicted to summer. And I remember... You know, I studied with the Czech Institute for many years. I still do. Um, but I remember being in a course and Paul was teaching it. And this student had had some chronic injuries. And they were, these were reoccurring injuries. He was an athlete. And he asked Paul, you know, why do you think my injuries keep coming back? Why do you think they keep reoccurring? And Paul says to him, You've been living in summer for the past five years. You have five winters to pay back, right? So a lot of it is really honoring the laws of nature and the cyclical nature of our day, our life, even our training. You know, spring is warming up. Summer is working out. Fall is cooling down. And winter is your rest before your next training session. Most people don't warm up, they don't cool down, and they don't rest enough, right? So they're really addicted to summer. And why is that the case? Because our cultural myth is that of consumerism and progress, right? It's consume and progress, consume and progress, right? So nobody... Nobody as a child was ever given a reward for how well they rested, right? They were given a reward for what they achieved. So when there's no more achievement, the ego goes into an identity crisis of I don't know who I am without my weight training, my accomplishments, my achievements, and all of the feedback I get from the outside world. But I firmly believe that, you know, will attract an injury or an illness into our life just to reconnect us with our soul so we don't get too far outside of ourselves. My girlfriend, I remember she once said something which just blew me away. She's like, it's amazing what the body will endure for the growth of the soul. And it's like, that's so damn true. You know, and a lot of times will attract an injury just to force us into that process of rebalancing. I think that, that progress and achievement, yes, is a cultural norm. I think it's also part of our, our human experience is to, is to go be of value in the world, to do cool mm -hmm. things, you know, to mm -hmm. be great. So how do you rectify the balance between pushing hard, achievement? I mean, it, when you think about Paul Cech himself, all of the things that he excelled at in boxing and motocross racing and, you know, uh, farming, et cetera, like he pushed, he pushed, 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 pushed. And that gave him this experience and this perspective to, to be able to share this, all these gifts. How can we be achievers and strive for greatness while also honoring the importance of winter in each of us? This episode is brought to you by BioPro Plus. This stuff is a game changer. You see, you might be dialed in with sleep and nutrition and stress management and exercise, but all of that hard work might be undermined by 
underperforming hormone levels. And there is a non-synthetic way to boost your natural growth hormone. This is an incredible product that I absolutely love. And you can go to bioproteintech.com and use the code OPP for $30 off. If you're a male, especially over the age of 35, there's a really good chance that you're not creating enough growth hormone to support all of those other good lifestyle behaviors. And what BioPro Plus is, is a non-synthetic formula that you take in a sublingual little vial underneath the tongue once in the morning. And if you get the Cortisleep product, you take it at night. And what it does is, well, for me, it's supercharged my attitude. It's helped my mood. It's helped me put on lots of lean muscle mass. It's helped my libido. And it's also improved my ability to focus and have energy throughout the day so I can do all the fun things that I love to do. BioPro Plus is a unique product that includes deer antler velvet and amino acids and growth factors. You got to check it out. Again, go to bioproteintech.com and use the code OPP for $30 off. This product is a game changer. Believe me. Well, the first thing to acknowledge is the fact that the quality of your winter is the prerequisite to the quality of your summer, right? So for example, you know, I went to bed at 10 o'clock last night and I woke up around 6.30 and that was a good night's sleep for me. And I felt well rested and energized to work with a client this morning, do some healing work with him, work with him in the gym, then get on a call with my business partners and web designers, and then hop right on with the podcast with you. And if I didn't have a quality winter last night, I wouldn't have the energy or the mental clarity to engage my sense of purpose, which I'm living right now with you really fully. So, you know, to me, it's just the prerequisite to really doing things well. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, I'll sit in meditation long enough and in complete stillness and silence where I start getting filled with so much energy Hmm. that when I come out of it, it's like, I need to do something. Right. But if you're not giving yourself that pause, then you're not actually um, filling yourself with the creative energy that you can actually use to live your purpose. And the reason that's important is when people don't rest, a lot of times they're, they're running on artificial energy from caffeine, sugar, you know, stimulants. And it's not, and that, that's energy that's borrowed. You mm-hmm. know, you're going to have to pay that back with some interest at some point, right? It might be, you know, hormonal imbalances, you know, thyroid issues, whatever it might be. But when you create energy that's natural and that comes from your soul and comes from your cells, whether it be from a good night's sleep or a deep meditation practice, that's energy that's creative energy. And creative energy is very different from kind of fight or flight energy or cortisol energy, right? So, you know, one of my favorite sayings from Paul, who we were just speaking about is, 
when you're running from a lion, it's not a good idea to throw in a cartwheel. And what he's saying is when you're under stress and you're living in that sympathetic fight or flight state in your nervous system, all of your creative faculties are shut down because you're kind of trapped in that default mode network that says, do what you've always done, think what you've always thought because it's kept you alive until now. So anything that's new, novel, different, or creative is actually a threat to your survival. So most people who are type A's, they're actually running on an autonomic nervous system that's stuck in a fight or flight state. So they have the adrenaline and the cortisol to get things done, but it's, it's coming from a place of stress. It's not coming from a place of creativity, right? So when you have adequate rest and hydration and good nutrition and meditation and stillness, that gives birth to an energy that's so much more potent with creativity and also so much more potent with, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Productivity. Like you're not distracted. Like you're, you're in a state of real intentional flow, not in a state of, not in a state of reactivity. All right. So that's, that's the difference. There's a, there's a difference in the quality of the energy when you're well-rested or you're just running on fumes. I want to go back to something that you mentioned about the philosophers and mystics that, that, mm-hmm. uh, that you referenced. Who, who are some of these figures that, uh, that have really formulated and helped you come to the work that you do? The, the mystics and the teachers that have really inspired me. Um, I mean, Paul Cech was my teacher and mentor personally for many years. He was my coach um, during my own healing journey. So, you know, I would say first and foremost, Paul's at the top of the list. Um, And one thing that's really important that Paul really instilled in me is, you know, anytime a student of Zen goes to a Zen monastery and meets with a a Zen master. And that student wants to achieve enlightenment or reach their next kind of level of consciousness, so to speak. A lot of times the Zen master gives the student what's called a koan, right? And the koan is a riddle that the student has to go solve. But the riddle is not something that you can solve with your rational or intellectual mind. It's something that you have to go deep enough into meditation or deep enough into yourself to arrive at the answer that's beyond the mental plane, right? A classic koan would be, what is the sound of one hand clapping? Hmm. That's not something your mind can actually come up with an answer of. You have to go pretty deep to really arrive at something of substance there. So I remember when I started working with Paul, the first thing he said is, Greg, this is not your therapy. This is your internship because everything I'm teaching you, you're going to then be working with clients, students, and sharing with the world on platforms like this that, you know, we're talking about a lot of these concepts that I learned from him. But he also said that anytime you have an injury, an illness, a pain in your body, in your mind, in your emotions, it's your soul giving you a koan that you have to go deep enough into yourself to arrive at the answer, right? It might be, you know, for me, having had a lot of GI issues, you know, there was one koan that my body was giving me 
you know, I've struggled with a lot of OCD over the course of my life. And that was a koan that my mind was giving me, right? So all of these challenges were real catalysts for my own spiritual growth. And one thing that helps, one, one thing that does is it helps us feel empowered knowing that everything that's happening inside of us is happening for us. And it helps us heal the victim inside of us that often feels victimized by our pain or victimized by the discomfort in our life or victimized by the challenges. So, you know, Paul helped me see a lot of that. Um, you know, Ramdas is one of my favorite teachers. You know, I really, really love Ramdas's teachings. And what Ramdas really has helped me see is my enlightenment is not gonna be found in a monastery. My enlightenment is gonna be found in my kitchen or in my living room with my girlfriends and her kids and our you know, special needs daughter. And you know, that's where my enlightenment is gonna be found. It's not gonna be found you know, escaping to the Himalayas and sitting in a cave in meditation for 20 years. It's going to be, you know, on the streets of Manhattan where, you know, I'm very good at finding peace and quiet in the monastery. I'm a hermit, but my spiritual journey recently has been, okay, can I now enter the real world, the household with a kid and family and a city, a busy practice, all of these things, and still maintain the state that I had in the monastery? You know, so Ramdas, you know, says, you know, make your relationships your yoga practice, mm -hmm. you know, make your family and your parents your meditation. That's why he says, if you want to know how enlightened you are, go spend a weekend with your parents. Right. So my holiday dinners with my parents, that's my meditation. That's my, you know, spiritual classroom. So Ramdas has been a big teacher for me. Um, Matt Kahn is one of my favorite um, mystics and teachers. And Matt Kahn has really helped me get more into my heart and less in my head and really teach. He, he's really taught me how to honor my nervous system and how to be an empath in this world, but not feel like a disempowered victim because you're feeling everyone else's energy and emotions. But really learning how to set boundaries and to stay in your power and to hold compassion for the parts of myself that feel unlovable. So Matt Kahn's been a huge teacher in my life. Um, you know, I did shamanic training with Alberto Violdo, who's a, a world-renowned shaman who brought a lot of the teachings from the the shamans in Peru and brought a lot of that to the Western world. So I did some professional training with him. So I, I really feel connected to a lot of the, the, the shamanic path and, you know, teaching. So I've kind of pulled from a lot of, you know, great teachers and, you know, I'm very blessed to have had the opportunity to study with a lot of them, but I've also, you know, just, you know, been a seeker 
kind of that seeker archetype that's always kind of looking for that next teaching, which there's a light and a shadow side to it. You know, the, the light side is kind of that pursuit of truth and wisdom, but the shadow side of the seeker is when is it enough? Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, I would say those have been kind of the, the key players in my own development. I want to connect a couple of dots here because this idea of fitness connecting to our spiritual growth, mm-hmm. I see this parallel and correlation between the amount of energy and awareness that we can generate from the cellular level that then gets uh, used or applied in our life, how we garden, how we do our work, this, this mental fitness, emotional, spiritual, physical fitness that we generate for ourselves uh, has an application in our lives. And in order for us to learn those important lessons, um, being home for the holidays or dealing with the loss of a loved one or some sort of conflict or divorce, those, those in order for us to learn those lessons that will come from that, to face our shadow, to, to grow, to, uh, to understand this human experience, in order for us to be optimized for that opportunity, we have to have gas in the tank. We have to have energy for it. We have to have some optimism. We have to have the uh, increased awareness that, uh, hey, this is an opportunity for me to grow. The last couple of years have obviously been a, a massive opportunity for so many of us to grow in so many ways. Mm-hmm. And so I think connecting the dot between, you know, how engaged are you with your own life? How, how engaged are you with your own you know, development, that, that's an important idea. You know, I've, I've been toying around with this idea. It's like, what's all this biohacking for? Like, is it to live to 150? Uh, is it to be able to, to perform optimally um, in, in exercise or competition? And it's all part of the same human experience. This, this development of the self the work we do, the value that we create, the, the, the husbands and fathers and sisters and uh, wives that, that we are, but we have an opportunity to really squeeze the juice out of life when we are, uh, when we are, when we are optimized in these areas. No, it's funny. So every morning I do, I do a card reading for my day. So I pick a tarot card and I pick a card from a shamanic oracle deck from Alberto Vieldo that I, that I have. And the card that I picked from the, the shamanic deck this morning is called the time master. And the time master is really the shaman who, you know, who says, if you want to heal, step outside of time. And we talked about earlier how linear time is an illusion and you know, I remember Matt Kahn, who I just mentioned earlier, saying in one of his talks, I'll give you the greatest anti-aging tip. Step outside of time. And he said, if you really want to know the truth, the truth is the cells of your body age based on your perception of time. Right. So when we're constantly in this linear time framework or we're biohacking in this anti-aging movement, you're still fighting against time. 
which is still creating a stress response on a cellular level because its perception is, oh, I'm losing against this, you know, it's this losing battle against linear time. So, you know, a lot of mystics also teach the, the cross in Christianity. The horizontal axis represents past, present, future, linear time. And the vertical axis represents vertical time, which is the eternal now. So that's where, you know, anti-aging, biohacking, longevity, and spirituality all merge together is a lot of it is related to your relationship with time, where when you're living in vertical time, which is just the eternal now, just pure presence, then what happens is the cells of your body go into more of a parasympathetic state. They feel more relaxed. They don't feel so pressurized. And they don't feel like they're in this continuous battle against time and you age slower. Mm. Right. So, you know, that's, yeah, that's kind of the paradox of the biohacking anti-aging movement is it's still creating this battle against time and your cells respond to that in a stressed out way. Right. And when are you timeless, right? You're timeless when you're sleeping, you're timeless when you're meditating. You're timeless when you're making love. You're timeless when you are, you know, in a floating in a float tank. These are all places out of nature, where, yeah. out of nature right? You lose track yeah. of it. Time flies by because, uh, because you are you are so immersed in in the present. And that's you know, even, that's why yeah. that's why when you study blue zones, one of the common things in blue zones is people don't wear watches. You don't see people wearing watches in blue zones. So in blue zones, their perception of time is much different. Right. One of the reasons they're longevity hotspots. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I, I've, yeah. I've read a fair bit about blue zones, but did not know that detail about the fact that they don't wear watches. I love that. Tell me about the witness. Ramdas says the witness is the soul. And... The witness is the part of us that is just this silent awareness that is watching your thoughts, that is watching your emotions, that is essentially watching your incarnation from a place of non-judgment and non-attachment. So, you know, something that's come up for me very much recently is Whatever you can witness without judgment or interpretation is something that's starting to heal. And, you know, my girlfriend and her daughter, they take Kung Fu lessons. And in Kung Fu lessons, they do a lot of like energy fitness training. And in energy fitness training, they have questionnaires that you go through just to assess where your energy is at. And one of the questions that they ask is, are you in a state of observation or interpretation? Mm -hmm. And the witness is the part of us that lives in a state of observation without interpretation. And if you think about most of the stress in our life, most of the stress in our life comes from our own egos interpretations about ourselves, about others, about life, about our environments, etc., where the witness is the one that's simply observing it. So for me, meditation 
is the practice of connecting with the witness where you can observe your thoughts, you can observe your belief systems, you can observe your emotions, you can even observe your body, you can observe others, you observe your environments. And when you can observe something, you can create space from it. And once you can create space from something, now you actually have free will to change it. You know, Ramdas also said, you can't escape a prison you don't know you're in. <laughs> right? So if you don't have the ability to witness your thoughts, you could argue the fact that you don't yet have free will. Because if you think about it, you know, we have on average, I don't know, 60,000 thoughts a day. And if I asked you to transcribe all of those 60,000 thoughts, and I asked you how many of those are originally yours, it would be less than 1%. 99% of those thoughts are based on information you consumed from your parents, your teachers, your culture, your cell phone, the television. So if you don't have the ability to witness those thoughts, which means climb up to a higher vantage point and be able to observe them, then technically you don't yet have free will, right? So the witness is actually the prerequisite to free will because if you can't observe something, you can't step outside of it and then change it. You know, you can't change something that you're not aware of, <laughs> right? The prerequisite to change is awareness. So meditation is the practice of cultivating the witness, which is awareness, right? So, you know, I always love that question of, are, am I in a state of observation or interpretation right now? You know, let's say someone, you know, judges you for something or someone expresses anger towards you or someone says, you know, no, I won't go out with you. You know, are you in a state of observation of just observing the events unfolding? Or are you in your own narrative already creating an interpretation of I'm not pretty enough, I'm not good enough, what did I do wrong? This person doesn't love me. So you can see how much of our stress comes from interpreting rather than observing. Mm -hmm. you know? And the second question that they ask in energy fitness is are you in a state of curiosity and open to possibility or are you in a state of certainty? right? Certainty is a closed energetic state. Curiosity is a very open energetic state, right? So I love just the self-assessment of observation versus interpretation and curiosity versus certainty. Mm -hmm. So the more we can stay in observation and curiosity, which is attributes of the witness or the soul, the more we can avoid being in interpretation and certainty which closes us off from possibility tell me about healing the mind um tell me t what was the catalyst and 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 why should people care healing the minds was a program that i built really out of my own journey having struggled with a lot of anxiety and ocd and a lot of mental health challenges you know that was really the catalyst of you know, my healing journey, what brought me into the world of holistic health. So healing the mind is a 21 day program that I built really out of my experience in my own healing and also, you know, a decades 
worth of, you know, client coaching with people with similar challenges. So, you know, I really learned kind of firsthand, you know, what works, what doesn't work. And, you know, it's broken up into, into three one week modules. So it's a 21 day program. And the first week is called foundations. And the reason it's called foundations is because I'm of the belief system that baseline health, diet, sleep, movements, um, breath work, these are all just the basic foundational principles of what it means to be a healthy human being. And whether you're healing from back pain or you're healing anxiety, OCD, or ADHD, a lot of the work and a lot of the root causes can be exactly the same. For example, the root cause of, you know, someone's lower back pain can be an inflamed gut. And the root cause of someone's anxiety can be an inflamed gut, right? So foundations is really dialing in the basic foundational principles of nutrition, hydration, sleep, breathing, movements, you know, balancing, working out with working in with exercises like Tai Chi and Qigong and and after that, you know, in the second week, it goes a little bit deeper. So week two goes into a lot of our core survival archetypes and healing our core addictions, going into the shadow a little bit. So it's a little bit kind of like deeper inner work. And then the third week, which is integration, really starts to integrate a lot of the things that we did in the first two weeks, but also a lot of the laws of nature, some of which we talked about today, like honoring the seasonality of our life, balancing the elements and working with the polarities and the rhythms and really harmonizing with all of these natural laws. And you realize that a lot of the, you know, healing of the mind really comes back to a lot of this basic root cause work that we have to do no matter what the symptomology is. So, you know, in the program, there's tons of meditations and Tai Chi routines and EFT, you know, emotional freedom technique, tapping, and a lot of deep exploration into archetypes. I'm a big fan of, you know, exploring archetypes. And to really understand the mind, you have to understand archetypes because archetypes are the language of the psyche. So we dive into the four survival archetypes, which are the victim, the saboteur, the child, and the prostitute. So this 21-day program is really kind of, if I took on a client with any sort of challenge, I would take you and walk you through all these steps and much more. But this program really synthesized what are the absolute essentials, whether it's healing the mind or healing from anything. Mm -hmm. What are some of the responses that you've gotten from people who have who've gone through the program? I've gotten incredible responses. I've had a lot of people, you know, reach out to me for one-on-one -on -one coaching and the timing that they reached out for me, I had a wait list. So I didn't have time to take them on as a client. So I said, Hey, start with the program, start with the 21 days. And after a month, let's reconnect and see if you still need my help. Mm -hmm. And I've had a lot of people go through the program and say, you know what? I'm feeling so much better. I don't really need your help anymore. And, you know, my, my goal for that program and all of my coaching is for you to not need me again. Yes. You know? And 
that's I'm sure an intention that you have and you know and that's that's what shows that person at your high school reunion that you're not a snake oil salesman because if your goal is for someone to not need you you're not doing a very good job as a snake oil salesman <laughs> you know so um that that's been a very common response of I was looking for one-on-one -on -one coaching but I went through the program and now I feel like I'm good to go yeah so um, and you know, 95% of a lot of our healing really comes back to those, you know, basic principles and a lot of the deeper work is in there, but a lot of it comes back to, you know, foundational principles like we're talking about today. Mm -hmm. This episode is brought to you by the Spartan race. You know, I have always admired the people that I've seen online, social media, who go out and do these sorts of obstacle course races because I've never done one. And so I'm doing one. And I invite you to come along with me. On August 13th and 14th, I will be at the Seattle Spartan Race. And I would love for you to meet me there. Uh, I've started my training already. And I'm really looking forward to pushing myself. You see, I hate running. Even though I was a college athlete, I hate running. And the idea of pushing myself to this level to do something hard with this massive reward of completion is something that I'm really excited to try. And Spartan has given me a bunch of free tickets to give away. All you've got to do is film a short video of yourself training for the Spartan race and then use hashtag Spartan training and that will get you a free ticket. You can tag me too at real Sean McCormick. Just post a picture or a video of yourself training for the Spartan race. Use hashtag Spartan training and you'll get a free ticket. It's super simple, super easy. I mean, you can't beat that offer. I would love to meet some of the, my local Pacific Northwest friends and listeners of this podcast. And I'm also getting my kids involved. So Hopefully, I will see you at the Spartan race in August. Speaking of archetypes, uh, you mentioned which shamanic card you pulled today. What was the tarot uh, card you pulled today? The star. Hmm. What does that mean for you? Well, in, in, yeah. The star for me, um, and I can kind of merge this archetypally, when you think about the archetypal star, the star is the one who shines, right? So the star is what shines bright. And, you know, my, my own healing over the course of my lifetime has been a lot of healing what I call the invisible child archetype. And the invisible child archetype for me is the part of me that was always afraid of the spotlight because, you know, when I was younger, I was a very quiet kid. I was someone who never spoke. I was very silent. I was very observant, but I was super introverted. And I was very much bullied and made fun of for being that way. So there's this wounded part of me that's afraid of the spotlight. That's afraid of actually using my voice and expressing myself. There's the fear of judgment, the fear of humiliation, you know, whatever it might be. So, you know, for myself in my own healing, coming onto a podcast and quote unquote, being the star in the spotlight is actually very uncomfortable for me. Mm -hmm. So that tarot card was kind of like reinforcing to the child in me, like, Greg, you're ready. Mm -hmm. 
you know, you're ready to do this. You're not a wounded child anymore. And it's time for you to step into the light of your potential. Um, so that's how it really kind of resonated with me personally. Mm, that's beautiful. Well, I'm happy to have participated and facilitated the expression of that, of that archetype. Where do you see humanity heading in the next, in the next five years? You're, you're obviously very tapped in to what people are experiencing, the troubles that they're experiencing. You have this, this wide experience in the spiritual and the metaphysical, and it's something that you've been working on for a very long time. And, and, you know, the last two years have been you know, extremely disruptive to so many different systems. And I, I, I don't ask this question, I don't, you know, with many people, but I feel like you're, you're situated in a place to have an, an interesting opinion on this, but wh- where do you think, where do you think we're going in the next five years? That answer changes on a daily basis for me. Um, there's, there's some days where I see all of this as our great awakening. And there's some days where I see this as our next extinction. Mm. You know, I love Zach Bush's work. You know, Zach Bush is one of my favorite people on this planet right now. I think he's a channel for really deep truth and wisdom that we all need. And he says, you know, very clearly, you know, we can rewrite the ship and, you know, we can get back to our connection with nature, our connection to the lands and, you know, rehabilitate the soil and really get back to the ways in which we've always done it. And that's a great opportunity there. There's another beautiful opportunity with, a lot of this pandemic revealing the collective shadow. I mean, there's been no time in recent history in which our shadow has been in plain sight the way it is with all of the censorship and manipulation and control. So, you know, it's almost like a collective dark night of the soul that we're all have an opportunity to awaken from. So that's when I'm wearing the optimist hat. You know, the days that I'm wearing the pessimist hat are the days where, you know, Zach Bush does say, you know, we're facing an extinction. And the extinction is we have maybe 50 to 60 years left of farmable soil and we're destroying the environment. And, you know, the amount of environmental stress and pressure we're putting on the earth is and the organisms is you know above and beyond and he talks about you know viruses are really you know envelopes of genetic information that get released during times of environmental stress pressure or change and the envelopes of genetic information are for adaptation right so where you see a lot of environmental stress and pressure you see a lot of viral activity because the viruses are carrying the information that the organisms need for their own adaptive process. So we are facing that extinction if we don't rewrite the ship, but then if you take that one step higher in terms of a higher vantage point, we've done this many times, you know, we, we will probably do it a million times over, you know, God or the divine or source does not live in the time frame of 
you know, does not live in time. So, you know, our higher self, our soul is not afraid of any of this mm -hmm. because we are energetic, you know, spiritual beings who will, you know, you know, who've, who's been here for eternity and will continue to be here for eternity and do this a million times over. So on a soul level, there's not much fear. There's only optimism because the journey continues, whether we're here in physical form or not. Mm -hmm. But there are days of concern of, yeah, you know, with what's going on in the media and, you know, a lot of what's going on in commercial farming and, I don't know if we can talk about this on the show, but, you know, a lot of the vaccines and, you know, it's not being pro or anti-vaccine, but it's concerning, you know, mm -hmm. it's very concerning when, you know, you know, free will is taken away, sovereignty over your body is taken away. So I do think it can go in completely opposite directions. It could go to a great awakening. It could go to a great extinction. And right now, to me, it feels like a coin flip. Mm -hmm. um but yeah that's that's where i would say i'm at i appreciate that we could go for hours we could go meandering down all these trails but uh i realized that you've got a lot going and i have a lot going uh i need to go work on my soil today uh we're gonna pull up some carrots and um some potatoes from the garden today so um i got some i got some chores i get to do Beautiful. um where where would you send people where can they find you on the internet so if they're interested in connecting with me, they can go right to my website, which is healing4d.com. It's the number four d.com. And that's where they'll find my, you know, my private coaching practice. Um, a lot of the podcasts that I've done, you know, workshops, webinars, I have a lot of content on there. If they're interested in the healing the mind program, they can go to healing4d.com forward slash htm. And that's where, that's the home base for my 21 day healing the mind program. So those are the two best places to connect with me is healing4d.com and then healing4d.com forward slash HTM. Awesome. This is the final question that I ask of everybody. I've asked this hundreds of times and it's a fill in the blank question. And this can be based on however you feel called to respond and you can elaborate as much or as little as you wish, but please fill in the blank. Everyone would benefit from knowing. The first very simple answer that came to mind, which is not sexy, is everyone would benefit from knowing the power of sleep. Just, you know, very simple. Um, a more kind of esoteric answer would be everyone would benefit from knowing who and what they really are, which is usually not who you thought you were right you know for much of my year i thought i was simply the athlete the performer you know all of these archetypes and then once i lost 40 pounds of muscle and found my soul you know i benefited from knowing that because now i can lift weights as an act of self-love not self-rejection Mm -hmm. right. um so yeah there's there's my sexy answer and not so sexy answer both good both both important yeah the healing the mind program i would love to offer your listeners a, a little so when they check out if they use the code podcast 20 
they can save 20% off right off the bat on their enrollment. So I just wanted to throw that out there for your listeners. That's wonderful. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Really, really appreciate that. Yeah. For, for people that are resonating with it, this is, and, and I'll be really straightforward here. This is a, a shift in the pace of how I usually do things. Um, you know, the slowing down and slowing time. And I, you've probably heard this before, but you have a very calming effect on, on even, even the, the level uh, and cadence of my voice has shifted. This is, a, this is a nice breath of fresh air because this type of conversation and podcast is not one that I've done for a while. So uh, if anyone else is resonating with this and they think, man, I, I like what this guy's about, this guy, he's got great ideas, go, go check it out. So Greg, this has really been a wonderful conversation. I'm so glad to uh, really end the work week with, with a conversation like this. And uh, thank you for joining me today on the Optimal Performance Podcast. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it.